Dean Evison has had quite a bit of regular season success. Postseason, not so much. We take a look at some things Dean Evison can tweak heading into next season today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we talk about Dean Evason and his strengths and weaknesses as head coach of the Minnesota Wild, some things he can work on including special teams, lineup flexibility, and a couple of other things to consider heading into next year as well. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wilds veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you through the offseason here on Locked on Wild. If you look at it through 150 games as Wild head coach Dean Evason with a record of 96-42-12, so obviously has had a tremendous amount of success, a 680 winning percentage, which is... Pretty nice as a head coach. However, you look at the postseason numbers and Everson in 17 postseason games with the Wild, 6-11. and 11. So there has obviously been a little bit of a disconnect uh, between his regular season success with this Minnesota Wild and what's happened in the postseason. And so we're going to try to get to the bottom of some things that uh, can be worked on as the season goes, as we get closer to the season, and as the season progresses, some things that Dean can uh, take a look at. We're going to start with the lineup. Now, obviously, with the amount of success that the Wild have had over the last couple of seasons, especially this past year when they shattered many franchise records, obviously, the lineup construction has been done in a way that you are, by and large, just hoping that the same lineup combos are going to are going to be successful every night of the season. And for the most part, they were. So we do need to give some credit to Dean for finding the, uh, the right combos and plugging players in uh, that ended up giving this team a franchise record of goals and uh, and points in a season. Obviously, you had this the uh, chemistry and success with the Kaprizov Zuccarello Hartman line, the found success with the Fiala Boldy Goudreau line, the continued success of the Grief line. So you have those elements that Dean was able to put together and to get to a very optimized level throughout the course of the season. So. For a large part of the season, you had um, instances in which 
that lineup combo, you know, one or two of those lines were carrying the team. And it led to a lot of wins. But let's focus on some of the instances in which this did not yield particularly good results. Uh, Obviously, the postseason against the St. Louis Blues. The Wilds go into that series. They lose game one, but then they come back to win the next couple. And you see, I think, what we were hoping to see from the Wild later in that series from Craig Berube and the St. Louis Blues. Blues took, after they went down two games to one, they took their lineup combinations. Blues had a a very successful season themselves. Took all of their lineup combinations and threw them in a blender to try to put some of the emphasis on the players of just how important of a situation the team was in. The Wilds really did not make any changes to their lineup and were going to rely on the same formula that got them to the postseason to carry them through to later rounds, which is what you would like. You'd like that to be the case as a team to be able to beat your opponent with your formula, but that wasn't how things played out. And you go from the loss in game four to tie the series up at 2-2. Really no changes. Game five, really no changes. Game six is when we saw Cam Talbot take over in the net, and there were a couple of changes to the lineup beyond that. Really, the only change that we saw was Dmitry Kulikov being pulled out of the lineup and then later reinserted. But, I mean, you see a team in the Blues who realizes, yeah, we had a formula that got us to this point, but it's probably not going to be the same formula that advances us past this series. And so they were willing to take what was successful in the regular season and just rip it up and just start from scratch. And so I think that is an area that the Wilds can improve upon is not being overly reliant on the successful formula that leads to all this regular season success but doesn't translate in the postseason. There were obviously many culprits to what happened in the series against the St. Louis Blues. Goaltending, defense, special teams, which we'll talk about here uh, in just a minute. But I think the fact that the Wild, after facing some adversity in games four and five, after that and saying, okay, we're going to just continue to kind of bang our heads against the wall. I I think that's something that if the Wild could have it back, they would attempt to do differently. And so we can't obviously take it back. But as a learning experience, hopefully the next time in that situation, the Wild don't get caught in a similar situation situation where they allow the other team to be the one that makes the changes that end up winning a series. So first big thing that I think Dean Evison needs to keep in mind 
uh, when going through this upcoming season is to, yes, it's, it's perfectly fine to come up with a, a combo, some line combinations that, that work well, that's what you want, but you have to have something that you can go to when adversity strikes that if your normal combinations aren't working, you have to be able to find some things that can work in a pinch. And so obviously that's not something you can really test until you, uh, you find yourself in situations like that, but willingness to abandon your plan in must-win situations I think is, is a, a critical one to just add to the arsenal uh, for this Minnesota Wild team. It, it seemed like you know, empty net situations are, are nice, but we saw it as the, the year went on. All of those empty net situations that the Wild capitalized on early in the season didn't yield those same results at the end of the year. And so just being able to be flexible and to be able to adapt to different situations is, is one I think that the Wild would, would hopefully be able to add to their repertoire going into next season. Now, obviously, the big one is special teams, which have been a, an Achilles heel of this team, not just this past season, but for a while. And so uh, I'm going to key in on the, uh, the end of the season exit interviews with Dean Evason and with um, other members of the Wild, because I think that is the next thing that Dean Evason can work on heading into next season. So we'll talk about the special teams as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline.net continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening all the time. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And uh, for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the lowdown on all the big moves happening in free agency, trades, and whatever else the Calgary Flames are doing to uh, try to salvage their offseason. All that can be found at the Locked on NHL podcast, which is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Continuing to take a look at some things that Dean Evason can work on heading into the 2022-2023 season. We talked about the ability to adapt and not getting kind of cornered by one lineup uh, that uh, you try to get you out of every situation that happens throughout the course of the season and the postseason as well. Let's talk special teams because the special teams have been a mess. And it's not just 
It's not just the power play. It's not just the penalty kill. It's not just a stretch of time. It has, by and large, been the entirety of the season for both special teams units, and they have been picked on through the postseason as well. Take a look at these numbers since Dean Evason took over as head coach of the Minnesota Wild. Now, obviously, 2019-2020, he took over for the final 12 games of the season, and the Wild actually were 10th, uh, 11th in the league, I beg your pardon, on the power play at 21.3%. Now, in the postseason that year, in the qualifying rounds, they were tied for 19th at uh, 13.6%. So a drop in the postseason uh, for that year in the bubble. Uh, In the 2020 season, the Minnesota Wilds were 24th. So that was uh, Dean's first season, first full season as head coach of the Wilds. 24th at 17.6%. In the postseason of the 16 teams, that made it to the postseason. The Wild were tied for ninth at um, a power play of 18.2%. So a little better in the postseason, but still not uh, not able to get it done. Um, were the Wild there? And then during the regular season, the Wild were 18th on the power play at 20.5%. In the postseason, the Wild were 10th of the 16 teams made the playoffs, and uh, their power play percentage there was 16.7%. Now, that's the power play. The penalty kill has been uh, a different story as well because it seems like that has really fluctuated depending um, depending on how things have gone. The Wilds in 2019, again, most of this with Bruce Boudreaux, the Wild were 25th on the penalty kill at 77.2%. In the play-in rounds, the qualifying rounds, the Wild were 17th on the penalty kill at 78.9%. Uh, in the 2020 season, the Minnesota Wild clocked in on the penalty kill. They were actually 12th on the penalty kill in 2020 at uh, 80.7%. Then when you move to the postseason, uh, that mark uh, had the Wild actually at second. So kind of blows a hole in my reasoning. But you you look at what happened this past season, all the success offensively. uh, The Wild were 25th on the penalty kill at 76.1%. And then in the postseason... The Wilds were tied for, or were actually 13th. And uh, the penalty kill number here, 69.2%. So it really, it just has not been, it has not been good uh, for the Wild. And, and not just under Dean Evason, but it's been bad for, uh, for years uh, for this Wild team. And I think thing that maybe rubbed people the wrong way a little bit was at the end of the season, when asked about the special teams, Dean Evason was very quick to point out, well, it's it's on the players to perform. And he has a point that he can only do so much um, 
when putting schemes together and uh, and hoping that the players are going to execute. The only thing, though, is that if after a while, if the scheme is not one that the players are able to execute, as is assumed to be the case here, and I mean, the results speak for themselves, don't you have to adjust at some point? Don't you have to try to change things up? And it's easier said than done. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers in the postseason this past year. They were had one of the worst power plays in postseason history. I think they were three for 31 on the power play in the postseason, and that was by and large a reason that they ended up getting eliminated before getting to the Stanley Cup final. So it's easier said than done, and it is something that I think relies heavily on momentum. And so you score on a couple of power plays in one game, and that can kind of get the ball rolling to uh, to allow for some ex- uh, sustained success. On the other side of the coin, penalty kill-wise, you know, it, it feels like if you have a couple of really good games that that can help push you in the direction you need to go. But also, if you give up an early power play goal, it seems like that can be uh, quite deflating as well. And so my second thing that Dean Evason can work on here heading uh, into this season is just try to try to figure out, and I'm sure this is being done behind closed doors, is try to figure out indeed if it is a personnel issue or a scheme issue. You look at the number of players that um, the Wild have on the team that are strong defensively. You'd think that would translate to penalty kill success. Now, there are obviously some variables that come into this. The style of play that your goalie plays. Uh, You look at the difference between Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. Talbot is not... Fleury ends up giving up bigger rebounds to try to kind of deflect action out from in front of the net, which leads to juicy attempts by opponents if the Wilds' defense isn't able to corral those big rebounds or if Flurry himself isn't able to corral them. Leads to some easy opportunities, as we saw in the series against the Blues. Uh, and so, you know, there will be some adjustments there going into this season that will hopefully help with that. But at the end of the day, you have to take the scheme that you want to run, and if the players are not able to execute it, well, you got to figure out a way to simplify it and try to put something together that can lead to positive results in those two categories. You know, you have a power play that just is far too passive, struggles with zone entries a lot of the time, and when they do get the puck into the offensive zone, uh, a team that, when they're not going well, there is an over- there's a larger desire to pass the puck and to just kind of move the puck around for an ideal opening that maybe never shows up as opposed to simply trying to fire volumes of shots on the net. And on the penalty kill, you know, just a a team that 
was not able to really keep the front of the net clean, especially against the Blues. Not able to keep the front of the net clean, which led to rebound opportunities for St. Louis and for opponents. Um, and so some of that stuff, you know, it's fine to have a scheme. It's fine to have a plan in place for what you want to do in those areas. But if it's not working, you can't go through a large stretch of games where your power play, your penalty kill is basically operating at 50%. You can't do that going down the stretch run to the playoffs. You can't just basically flip a coin and say, okay, they're going to get a power play goal here, or maybe by chance we stop them. Because the Wilds in the second half of the season were like a 60% penalty kill. That's, that's unacceptable. It's not, it's not sustainable. And so that's something that the Wild are going to need to majorly work on for the 2022-2023 season. In addition to just trying to be a little more roster flexible when things don't go right. But uh, there is something else that uh, we would like Dean Evason to consider heading into the season. And so we'll finish off today's episode of Lockdown Wild discussing the empty net strategy and a couple of other things as well as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. We talked about roster flexibility, line flexibility. We talked about the special teams and we're going to key in on something that uh, started the season as uh, like a secret weapon for the Minnesota Wild and uh, ended up being a little bit less of a happy party time uh, for the Wild as the season went on. That, of course, was the empty net strategy that the Wild frequently went to. They went to it early. They went to it often. And early on in the season, you know, through the first third of the season to half of the season, it was something that the Wild really were successful with. They were able to get that extra attacker late in games, and um, they were able to they were able to use that to help pick up some quality wins in situations where they um, weren't necessarily. It, it didn't look as though victory was attainable, and so. It is nice to be able to feel the team that you feel like is never truly out of a game, but there were more than a few instances later on in the season in which the Wild went to the empty net well and ended up getting bit by better teams that they played. You know, I the Florida Panthers uh, were one example. Calgary Flames were another example uh, in which that strategy didn't end up uh, didn't end up working like it did earlier in the season. And this, I think, stems from being kind of in between previous wild regimes would get a lead early and just try to kind of hang on and hope that they could grind out a win. And you know, we see with the shift for this franchise to being more offense-oriented, um, centered around Kirill Kaprizov, we see kind of the shift to 
being um, a team that can come back from any deficit because of how powerful offensively they are, which is great. But I think overall mentality for this team, they have been very susceptible to slow starts, to bad second periods, and to having to go to that repeatedly in the third period to come back from a single goal, multiple goal deficits, and with losing a player like Kevin Fiala, who scored a handful of those goals late in games, you're going to need to be a team that takes advantage right out of the gates and not necessarily having to hang on to win these games, but just being able to get out to a lead and hold it, get out to a lead and add to it. To be able to jump out and score a goal within the first few minutes of a game, then add to it in the second period. You know, don't have to be the team that adjusts in the third after the opponents adjusted throughout uh, and won majority of the second periods. And this this ties back in to the adjustments angle as something that uh, that Dean Evason can work on as his tenure with the Wilds continues, is just trying to adjust that mentality to not having to be a team that comes back from deficits, being a team that can come back if needed, but also a team that can get out to a lead and then can be somebody who, when the opponent goes empty net, you can score one, to push it out to a two-goal lead to end it. Just trying to shift it so that um, we're not having to worry about all these two-goal comebacks. Two-goal comebacks are great. Made this season wildly entertaining, pun intended, to, uh, to see all of these late comebacks and the different ways that the Wild were able to do it. So I'm not saying that the, the Wild can't continue to win that way, more so just going back to it's so much easier to get out to a lead. We, we saw it in the series against the Blues. team that scored first was the team that ended up winning pretty much every game of that series. Teams that score first put the pressure on the opponents and make it that much harder for them to complete the comeback and it's, it's going to be something that if the Wilds can just get in the habit of building a lead and putting pressure on the opponent, that's going to serve them much better than having those lapses in the second where they don't look great and then having to really muster up energy in the third to uh, try to complete the comeback. So roster flexibility special teams overhaul, and just early killer instinct, I think are some things that uh, Dean Evason can instill on this team as we gear up for 2022-2023. And that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So again, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked on NHL podcast to get a full look 
at everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked on Wilds, we are available wherever you listen, anytime you want to listen. So make sure to subscribe to YouTube. Follow us on all your favorite platforms as we guide you through the offseason. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes all week long as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.